Oink, oink, baby. This is Pig Daddy Cool, the boar, and you are listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the gender-neutral monarch of the mountain. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going to Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with The Boar. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your ever listeners fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, is WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And like I said, this is an interview with the boar, and we have the boar on the line. Boar, how's it going this evening? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Um, yeah, just coming down from a, uh, a, a wrestling filled weekend. I uh, had a Thursday, then a Saturday shot. So uh, getting a little up there in age. So when I get, uh, you know, t- two bookings in a week, uh, it takes me an extra day or two to uh, unwind. But I'm good, man. How you doing? A Thursday show? Where was that at? Uh, that was it uh, for Voltage. And that was out in uh, they run like West Virginia pa maryland uh kind of like where all those all three states kind of connect okay so they'll bounce around from like state to state but it's all in the same like 90 minute area okay then what was saturday uh saturday that was flying v uh and that will be eventually streaming on uh on iwtv i think for me it's like thursday shows are just so rare but then i forget like aiw runs those winchester shows yeah i think more promotions are starting to run thursday shows mm-hmm. i think it, i think the key is like having a tight show mm-hmm. um because uh you know thursday's a new friday so um i think if you can get get a, uh, a decent start time and you can have a tight card and you can get people in and out in uh under two and a half hours uh, i think a lot a lot more places are starting to uh run on thursdays it's probably easy i would guess easier to book like some talent because thursdays are fairly open for people yeah yeah it's a it's it's an open night um you know a lot of wrestlers have jobs where maybe they don't have to work on fridays or uh, if they do it's it's earlier so they can be free for friday and and the rest of the weekend um and a lot of buildings just have uh better availability too during the week so if you can grab a thursday night and not have to compete with uh uh you know weekend bookings uh, you can get pretty pretty good deals on buildings i think so you've had a pretty good February so far. Uh, not only did you finally, finally win the gender neutral monarch uh, of at odds with wrestling, mm. but the Chiefs won the fucking Super Bowl again. <laughs> it's been a pretty good month uh, for old Pig Daddy. Yeah, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, sorry about it. Get used to it. <laughs> um, yeah, feeling pretty good. And then yeah, finally getting the big win. For the uh, gender neutral at odds uh monarch of the mountain 
Um, it's been what four years in the making, I think. So, uh, yeah, it was it was about time. So I think that's like the first uh, first big prestigious win in my career. So that's that's pretty cool. I I really wanted Broner to do something. That's why I picked him. Actually, mm. I will admit, a part of me wanted to just back you, just be like, no, like just four is going to be our pick. <laughs> but I was like, no, I don't know if they'll let me do that. So uh, yeah, that's why I went Broner. And then I got, I say I got screwed over because they, they did the whole thing of getting people from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast group to vote for Swoggle. And I think mm-hmm. some of them went down the ballot and go, oh, I know Cheeseburger. I'm voting for him. Sure. Just yep. like they were like, oh, I know CPA. I'm voting for him. Mm-hmm. Because you notice how they, they both lost in the next round because not as many people were voting for him. Yeah, they uh, they lost that, that little bit of a bump. But uh, everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. And uh, yeah, Pig, uh, Pig Daddy's the new monarch of the mountain. I was afraid a little bit that Ziggy was going to be the one to beat you. And I was like watching it like all week. Like I had to check in and be like, sports still winning? Like I, like I love Ziggy, but I'm like I'm like at this point I'm like, if Boar fucking makes it to the finals and loses, like I'm gonna be and pissed. How, <laughs> and how could I be mad at Ziggy? Uh, Ziggy's yeah. so cool. I could never be uh, never be mad about it. But uh, I I was keeping an eye on the voting and I saw it was up by like like 55 percent, and I was like maybe I will stop promoting this. So like, I'm not bringing it to people's attention and don't give them the option uh, to select Ziggy over me. So that was my strategy in the last two days, which is kind of like, okay, I'm in the lead. Let me lay low and um, uh, just kind of burn out the clock. And uh, I think my strategy worked. Yeah. I think with the, that opening round with Broner and cheeseburger, like literally I was watching it tick down. Cause I think I was, I was off that day of work. I think, um, I think I called off that day and I'm just watching it go down. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm, uh, I'm ahead. No, I'm not ahead. I should say cheeseburgers winning. Now we're tied cheeseburgers winning. And then like, I actually created another account to try to pull up by one. And <laughs> it, it did, it didn't even like help because freaking Broner still lost by like two or three. It was a small number, but literally yeah. down to the wire. Yeah. That was a tough, uh, tough first round matchup. That was uh, that one, you know, you'd like to see that one take place a little bit later. But that was a, a super high quality opening round uh, matchup between those two. What I'm hoping they do next year or next installment, because it technically should be this year. Uh, I want to see them have like a second chance tournament mm. where you take a only people that qualified are people that didn't win. That's a good hook. I like that. Yeah. So because I, 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 there's a lot of people that I kind of wanted to put in like whether it was this year or last year and I was like oh no they were in it oh no they were mm-hmm. in it and it's like damn or even like somebody um if someone had like a gimmick change like you obviously still couldn't still couldn't use them or have a name change and it's like just let me let's let's come like bring back some people but it's a good idea for uh for adam if you're listening uh you know maybe maybe take that and boost it i think that's a pretty good idea because yeah there's been a lot of talent included uh throughout the the four-year tournament how did, how did it feel with the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl? Um, it felt good. There, I felt like uh, – so I'm not just like a, a bandwagoner. I've been a, a Kansas City Chiefs fan since like 1995, 96, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, like my first Chiefs memory is uh, us losing, I believe, in the divisional round to the Colts. Um, 
So it's, it's, it's been a lot of like, we're always a, for the most part, a good team, but never a great team. Yeah. Um, so now that we have the dude, right? Like we have one five, we've got Pat Mahomes. We've got the guy that, uh, is just always going to find a way to pull it out. Um, now it become it, it's become like a legacy thing where it's like I don't need to wait. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the greatest of all time. Now he's not the best winner of all time, um, but it's when it comes to like how the position is played, the stats that he's already put up, the ability he's already shown, the 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 natural instinct that he has that just can't be taught, his ability to learn from his mistakes, um, and just being clutch and getting it done. Um, you know. He's there's a stat out there with the Kansas City Chiefs under Mahomes where throughout all their games played, you could spot the opponent 10 points and every year the Chiefs would be a wild card team still. That's just how that's how good he is. Um, So it's become like a legacy thing already where it was like, okay, because society is so obsessed with counting rings, we can't go like one and two in a Super Bowl. Like we have to get this one. Mm -hmm. Um and now that like this one has been acquired, the next goal is, okay, got to go back to back. Um, so even though this one felt really good, it felt like a season really of um, kind of uh, slaying a lot of demons. Um, it was Pat learning how to you know, take, what, take what's in front of him. Uh, don't always go looking for the deep shot, uh, even though he is still going to look down the field for the big play. Uh, take what's in front of you. Run the ball when you need to run the ball. Uh, take take the, the four to six yard completion. Uh, and really be able to do that all year. And then the defense finally stepping up uh, as the season went on. Um, so, yeah, it just felt like a culmination of like, okay, all the things that haunted us in the past, whether it was the defense, whether it was uh, not being patient with taking the big shot, whether it was not taking what's in front of us, um, and also the teams uh, being able to finally beat the Bengals um, <laughs> and, and correcting, the, correcting that mistake uh, from last year where Pat had just a collapse in the second half. Um, and then, uh, the continual, I'd say disrespect, but, um, doubting the chiefs against great offense or against great defenses, um, earlier in the season when we played the, the 49ers, everybody thought the 49ers were going to pull it out. Um, and the chiefs hung 42 points. Um, I think it, yeah, that was where Jimmy G stepped out of the end zone and, uh, (laughs) put two up on, on the board himself. But, um, so yeah, I think the Chiefs hung up 42 points of offense uh, against the number one defense at that time, and uh, they came out and they hung up 38 on the uh, the current best defense in football. So um, yeah, it felt it felt really good. Uh, we we slayed a lot of demons, and now we need to look forward to next season um, and run it back because that's going to be a, uh, a a big box to check on the uh, the legacy checkboard for uh, Pat Mahomes. I think even just winning two Super Bowls is quite the accomplishment in the NFL. I mean, look at, you know, some of the quarterbacks that have only won two or even just ones that only won one. Like, uh, I always thought, like, one of the best quarterbacks going, and I, I swore early on he was going to win a lot more than he actually did, was uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But he only managed to make it to one Super Bowl. Not even just win one. He only managed to make one. And I always say, too, it's, I mean, partially being a, a Bears fan as well, is the fact that if Jay Cutler didn't get knocked out of that NFC Championship game, I think it might have been possible the Bears could have won. Because, like, that, up until that point, that game was very close. I mean, it was a it was, if yeah. I'm correct, it was a low-scoring game. And it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a Todd Collins' interception that put the Packers in the lead. 
And like as a quarterback, I remember that, that year uh, with him playing, he went in after Cutler against the Giants and he was god awful. And then uh, they put in the third string, which uh, was, it, was it Caleb Haney? <sighs> Sounds right. There, there's two quarterbacks, Caleb Haney, and there's another one where they're uh, like the one that played for Miami that sounds similar in my head at least, but nonetheless, like, er, yeah, okay, yeah, that was I almost said Kyle Orton, but no, Kyle Orton was Rex Grossman years. Uh, but yeah, if Cutler would have n- not got that concussion, like, I'm not saying the Bears could have made it to the Super Bowl, they could have won that game though, yeah, but the, the, yeah, they could have, it was definitely, oh, it was so close. But like once he got knocked out, I'm like, it's over. Like I just mm-hmm. accepted it at that point. But yeah, I remember watching that game and being like, shoot, like this, <laughs> this was probably the shot. And uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't work out sadly. Yeah, was that the Chiefs were in the playoffs that year, right? Uh, if we were, we got eliminated in the first round. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we always did. Yeah, because one of those years, one, uh, as crazy story as this is, I may have been the year they lost to the Ravens, I think. Um, my ex, her mom would like randomly pick teams and like, she had like a pretty good record of like them being successful. And at the beginning of that year, she was like, Oh, the, the chiefs are going to, are going to be the team that I picked this year. It's like, okay, whatever. And I remember when they made it to the playoffs, it's like, how, what the hell? Nobody's seen this coming. Yeah. Cause that was, Oh, I think that would have been coming out of the Herm Edwards years, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but yeah, we were, those are, those are definitely some down years. So with you being a chiefs fan, like how, how does that make it with uh, the area that you live in? Um, everybody here seems to have a healthy respect for the chiefs. Um, uh, and even the shows I've been on after uh, afterwards with a lot of, uh, a lot of wrestlers who are also Eagles fans. Um, everybody understood what it was, man. Everybody understood that we just got that dude. Um, yeah. I think it helps a little bit that Philly is kind of a uh, perpetual uh, loser. Like, even though they they'll, they'll go as far as they can to break your heart. Um, and yeah, the Super Bowl is kind of a uh, another example of that. Uh, so I've experienced. Not, I haven't had like any hate. It's just kind of more like a. Of course, you guys won. Like, <laughs> even when we're up by ten, and it seems like we're gonna win. Of course, of course, you guys find uh, find a way to win. Um, even the holding call, there's been more like national media conversation about that than uh, I've seen with like Eagles fans having a complaint about it. Um, seems like everybody just agrees like, yeah, you held them and you wish it wasn't called. But at the same time, like being a Chiefs fan, well, if that's not called, he's holding them from behind. Like that's that's definitely a first down. And, you know, you'd hope Juju gets down, but it could have been a touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's definitely two sides to that coin. But nothing but but mostly uh, a healthy respect so far. We'll see about when we run it back next year. That would be the thing. What was the last team that ran back wins? Back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh... I mean, there's been a lot. There's been teams that, like, made it back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Like, just even of recent history. But, like, I'm trying to remember the last one. that I want to say Patriots. Patriots 04-05? That I think fe- that's it. Yeah, that feels like the right answer. It it felt like the Chiefs were going to do it before mm-hmm. when you lost it, you know, Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, we would have had it, but the, yeah, the offensive line, there was no way we were winning that game. But yeah, 04, that would have been the Panthers and then the Eagles, the two Super Bowls for the uh, the, the Patriots there. 
and then they didn't win again for another uh, ten years. So, yeah, yeah, but you know they're 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 fine. They had a good run. <laughs> I would I would say I feel bad for that fan base. I mean, I'll always say as a a football fan, I love Tom. Well, I didn't say I love Tom Brady. I liked him up and I didn't like him up to a certain point, but then I became a fan of his. Okay, and I mean, if if you you literally had like the greatest quarterback of all time uh, as your quarterback. Like the only, I only thing that I would say is better, but at least like he got the results that he did is like, if you can get two legendary quarterbacks back to back, something like, you know, uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. something to where it's just like, you went from one good quarterback to another good quarterback and not like, you know, Cleveland Browns where we have like a ton of bad quarterbacks and like, we don't know what it's like to have a good quarterback. We, I mean, we had, we had one really good year with Baker mm-hmm. that I did love, but obviously <laughs> it was sad because Browns fans didn't know how to act. They were like, yeah, he deserves $45 billion a year. Like, Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's all right. I, I think our biggest defense of that time, and this is what I remember telling people was look at our history of quarterbacks since the Browns came back. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in that 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 of anybody that came before him like i don't think anybody was even close so we thought like oh like this is obviously the best we've ever seen so like we we better keep him and look he took us to the playoffs but like Mm -hmm. his first year close to the playoffs but also he didn't start and all this kind of stuff i mean he didn't start the beginning of the year and then the second year his sophomore year was bad then he had his yeah this great third year which obviously we went to the playoffs and we beat the steelers which was fantastic. I loved it. Literally, uh, in the first quarter when we were up like 28 to nothing, like some of those first few touchdowns, like I after it happened, I just yelled, what the fuck? But in a good way, because like that, that doesn't happen to us. We were we would we would have been the team that in the first quarter is down 28 to nothing. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of why we we wanted to keep him. I I wanted to keep him at least one more year because going with his trend of like first year, great. Second year, bad. Third year, great. Uh, fourth year, bad. So it's like, okay. You're due. So, yeah. Like you're either going to have a, a good year and I'm gonna, we're going to have this like weird pattern or uh, you had, you're going to have two stinkers in a row and couldn't get rid of you. But mm-hmm. I mean that going the way the route that they did just opens up a whole nother can of worms that the mm-hmm. only thing that I, I, I say about it is, uh, I I don't want to hear any Steelers fans talk shit. Simple as that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, like um, obviously the uh, the the off the field issues. Um, it's a dude like Watson didn't play football for two seasons. Like that's a long time to set out of the league. And just like as a rule, I'm like really weary of anybody who uh, misses more than like one season in the league, mm-hmm. just because the league moves so fast. Yeah. Um, it's not like basketball where if you miss two seasons, you can like find your skill set and your new role and be like, okay, like I'm going to be a defensive guy or I'm going to be uh, a, a three and D guy. It's yeah. Football. It's like you're, you want to get your starting job back and it, the league just moves too quickly. There's just too much new talent coming in. The game's constantly evolving. Um, and yeah, I mean, Browns are might be in a real bad spot if, if Watson doesn't uh, dramatically improve. Yeah. I mean, the only thing we have great right now is Chubb. Like, mm-hmm. I remember at that draft, I wanted us to get Saquon Barkley. When we didn't, it's like, 
I've actually learned to be like temper my expectations. And even if we don't get who I want, like, like let's just see how things play out because there's been many times where something's happened with the Browns and I'm like, I hate this. And then turns out like, Oh no, that was actually like a good idea. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, we didn't get Saquon. Like, let's, let's see how good Nick Chubb is. And I've said many times since that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be wrong. Like I'd, I'd much rather have Nick Chubb than Saquon Barkley. And I was like, Saquon oh, Barkley yeah. bad, but Nick Chubb is just really, really good. Yeah. And I yeah, hope, yeah. and I'm hoping uh, we can keep uh cream hunt. He's a fantastic, um, like second option, uh, you know, run the ball. I know he didn't get too much production this year, but he was also really banged up, I think, and trying to play through it because uh, he's it's his co- a contract here for him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd love to see him. Uh. Yeah. Whether it's it's go to another team and and maybe it's a one year deal to you know see what he can do. Um. But yeah, I think I think he's a guy who has a lot more left in the tank. Um. I, I just think he was really really beat up with injuries and um. You know, the offense was just kind of kind of weird for you guys once Watson came in because it's you know you're trying to play Watson back into playing form but at the same time you have this excellent running attack and it's like which 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 scheme do you commit to yeah yeah I wish I wish I knew what it was like for my team to win a Super Bowl <laughs> closest closest thing I've had and then I won't say my team winning a Super Bowl but it was just rooting for the Bears and then making it to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. like I remember being like being ecstatic and if I would actually get that with the Browns. It'd be like uh, way more than I had for the Bears. And it's even the same thing with uh, the Cavs winning a championship. Like that to me, I mean, that was great. I'll never, yeah. I'll never forget it. But let it be the Browns. Let it them make it to the Super Bowl. Let them win the Super Bowl. Like I won't know what to do with myself. Yeah, and now the AFC is just so stacked with quarterbacks. Like. Mm-hmm. Even there's going to be a year, there's going to be a couple of years where the Chiefs don't make it to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, I hate to admit it, but like, it's just an impossible, um, impossible heater to, to, to stay on. So there's going to be a couple of years there uh, where somebody else gets in. But like, you've got the Chargers. Like, what if they put together a season where they aren't the Chargers? Like, they actually win games instead of finding ways uh, and inventing new ways to lose. Um what if uh what if like Baltimore figures it out and they pay Jackson and like they actually add some playmakers around him? Um Jacksonville, like what if this wasn't just a blip on the radar and they continue to be a competent team? Like they could put it together. Um I don't think Buffalo's ever gonna put it together. Um uh, I think they peaked in twenty twenty, but uh they still have a lot of a lot of money coming on coming in on them. A lot of people are uh in love with uh white boy Cam Newton. Josh Allen. Um, there's just so many um, threats now in the AFC that, you know, the Bengals, if, if the chiefs uh, slip on a banana peel, like this is kind of the last season for the <laughs> Bengals before they got to pay everybody. Um, so, you know, if the Bengals can put together another run, like there's just so much competition in the AFC and you look over at the NFC and it's like, well, you know, the Eagles, if, uh, <laughs> if they can find a way to keep it together and keep mixing in their, uh, their young core with uh, their veteran core, like they kind of got it on lock um, unless San Francisco can, uh, one, find a quarterback and two, Kyle Shanahan cannot out-scheme himself defensively um, if getting his quarterbacks hurt, you know, um, or, uh, or offensively not getting his quarterbacks hurt. Um, you know, they, that's probably the only competition for them, I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers. 
He's definitely going to play. I don't know where it's going to be because you're not going to not play for $60 million. Um, you know, if I'm – it's like if I'm the Jets, do you want those kind of problems? Like you can have a wide receiver or a running back who's a little out there, right? And they're – you know, whether they're a diva or whether they are uh, on some kind of different intellectual plane, um, that's okay. You don't want your quarterback um, being that far out there. And yeah. at this point in time, like, do you want to put up with this for even even for two seasons? Let's say, like, you're going to be paying sixty million dollars pretty much per season for the, for these kind of antics. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think realistically, you need to be a team that's just a quarterback away for, for to genuinely want Aaron Rodgers. Because other yeah, other than that, the only thing is you're you're maybe selling jerseys and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and like the, I think the two best options when you're looking at quarterback away, it's uh, I think it's the Raiders. Even though they're not just a quarterback away, mm-hmm. they've they've put so much into competing last year and this year that like they have to kind of go all in because they unless they want to go right around and and trade Adams and and trade some of their other uh, veterans, like they have to make a move to compete. Um, and of course the Jets, and I think it comes down to the Jets because. At this point, you've tried first round draft picks. You've tried late round, uh, late draft picks. Uh, you've tried plug and play veterans. Like you need to do something. Um, either way, you're going to be tearing it down and building it back up again in in two seasons. So instead of trying to to patch this thing up with a rookie quarterback again and 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 do that whole model, you know, go get an Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's going to cost you a first round draft pick. It's going to cost you another high pick, but at this point in time, like, what do you have to lose? You're the Jets. And it's deja vu with Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild. I wonder what, um, what Aaron Rodgers makes of that. You know, like, uh, almost like a generational curse. Yeah. To the point of it's like, there's so much deja vu in it. Of like, only won one Super Bowl with the Packers. Um, mm. I think I've heard that... Aaron Rodgers tweet uh, treats Jordan Love almost the same way that Red Favre treated them. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to the Jets, that just that's just one more not uh, notch in the you're like Brett Favre to the point of the Vikings just got to be like, all right, we're next, <laughs> <laughs> and they could be next because this is Kirk Cousins last year. <laughs> They're going to be looking for a quarterback next season uh, or after next season. So yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I think I think it's definitely in play. Oh, that'd be just the weirdest deja vu in all of sports. Because I mean, th- there's just way too much there. Mm-hmm. God, but but even going back to what I was saying earlier, like I swore Aaron Rodgers was going to win more. Well, it goes to what we were talking about a little bit earlier with like, and not like counting rings, but like winning two Super Bowls, like. Back, um, you know, back with like, you know, our formative years of being football fans, um, you know, probably like even late 90s, early 2000s. Um, if you won two Super Bowls, like you were like, all right, you're in the top 10 all time quarterback discussion um, yeah. for winning two. It was just it was that hard to win one. Um, and then Brady came along and started racking them up. And then once he, you know, gets past three, 
it just changes changes the game and it changes the conversation and the expectations for these quarterbacks to the point where you're like, okay, cool. You look like a franchise quarterback. You look like you're a top five quarterback in the league. Um, you got to win multiples. And it's just like, that's, it's just too hard in football. Um, so yeah, that's why I think, you know, I think if you are Packers fans, you're, you're disappointed with just the one, but you know, it wasn't on that long ago where if you just got one, like that was all you're asking for. That's it's more than you could ever really expect uh, just because it's that hard to win a Super Bowl every year. Meanwhile, as a Browns fan, I'm just wanting us to make a Super Bowl. Right. Let alone, I mean, there's a lot of teams that have yet to win one. Mm-hmm. We're one of, I forget how many teams that have not even made the Super Bowl. Because I know the Vikings have made it but lost. Bengals made it but lost every time. Uh, yeah. Bills. Browns, Jags, Texans, and I think the Lions. I think that's... Yeah. And what's sad about that is like two of them are like newer franchises. So it's like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, of course the Texans haven't made it yet. Like, well, they've had less years, so it's not, not as big of a deal. But Browns and Lions, which that's a conversation I've had uh, for a while. Like, which city has it the worst? Mm-hmm. Detroit fans will say them. I still say us. Hey, guys are just kind of um, like mirror images of each other, just in, in different different uh, conferences and divisions. Um, you're always in like super competitive uh, divisions. Mm-hmm. And just like the way the cookie crumbles, it's like somebody's got to be third, somebody's got to be fourth, and more times than not, like it's, 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 it's the Lions and the Browns in those divisions. Oh, not, not even just like in football, just like also like if you count all the sports. Uh, mm. basketball, we had, right. more, we had more recent success, but you know, in the two thousands, the Pistons were, were a better team, mm-hmm. uh, baseball. I think the last time we won the world series was 1948 last yeah. time they won the world series. And I thought this was weird. 1984. So 48, 84. Oh yeah. Okay. So fact that there was that linger and much more recent success for them, but like as a whole, like, I mean, the Indian slash guardians and the, the tigers are just, they're not the, like the star studded teams of the league. We're no Yankees. <laughs> Ooh, I don't even know if the Yankees are Yankees uh, <laughs> as a Yankees fan. Um, I'm less than pleased with uh, this roster building, but yeah, it's um, I think if I was uh, had to choose between being a guardians fan or a tigers fan, uh, give me those guardians, man. I mean, you got managerial stability, with Francona there yep. and uh, a lot of just a lot of those trades you guys made um, getting rid of the, like your star players. Like a lot of those prospects are, are hitting um, like uh, the second baseman um, uh, shoot. Not, is it him? Simonez, I don't think, um, but whoever the second baseman was uh, the rookie last season, like he was really good. Ended up being an all-star um, like that came from a trade. Um, so uh, yeah, I would. I'd rather be a, a Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Guardians fan than a Tigers fan. Sorry to any Tigers fans out there. <laughs> I always said with the Yankees that there's a part of me that I wish I could buy a Babe Ruth jersey and like actually like support it and wear it because like of all like my favorite baseball player of all time is Babe Ruth. Okay. And j- just because like growing up, learning of his history and everything, like I'm. I think that somewhere in the time in the 90s, I think was his 100th birthday. 
so there was a lot of like celebratory things for him. And uh, obviously, I think the movie came out way before that. But I remember learning a lot about Babe Ruth and knowing that like he was part of the Yankees. I can't like just wear a Babe Ruth jersey. (laughs) And he might have been black. (laughs) So, yeah, we got Babe Ruth, baby. Oh, I forgot. I heard I did hear that lately uh, recently. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, Babe Babe Ruth was great. And I think if I ever were to probably like pick a, a different team, like let's say the Guardians just didn't exist, I would potentially go for them. And obviously, like the New York Yankees logo is like the most iconic sports logo, I think, in all sports. Mm-hmm. Like the Cowboys come close, but I feel just because of the history with the Yankees of like having all the championships, having like all these players that like we just mentioned, Babe Ruth, uh, Mickey Mantle, among others, just Joe Maggio. Like mm-hmm. they were the like back then they just seemed seemed to be yeah like the first sports dynasty of our country. Yeah, and then uh, you know they take the dip in like the seventies and eighties. Um, but you know once when Steinbrenner gets a team, uh, he spends spends a, spends a lot of money as Gorilla Monsoon would say. And um, you know now as a Yankees fan, it's uh, we're spending money, but we're spending it in the wrong places, and so it's pretty frustrating knowing that we've got $29 million committed to 38 year old Josh Donaldson um, who looks like he's swinging a, a rake out there. It's just his bat speed is just so slow and doesn't even pop and committed 6 million to IKF and committed to playing him at shortstop, even though he's clearly a third baseman and like a, a backup role. And it's just, yeah, it's, um, it's like we're half committed to being the Yankees with like keeping judge and having Stanton still and going out and getting Rodon and, um, and Garrett Cole. And then we're also trying to like spend recklessly on almost like almost playing money ball, but mm-hmm. with like high dollar amount. Like if you love IKF and, and his analytics, you don't spend $6 million on a guy like that's, that's a major league salary. Like that is, that's a pretty penny to pay for, um, you know, what's going to end up being a bench guy. Like you don't, you don't, you don't spend like that for, for that kind of, that kind of talent. Um, especially when we're loaded, um, in the farm system with infielders, like why, why would we do such a thing? So a lot of, a lot of questions when it comes to team building, um, especially like looking at the Astros, like, man, hate the Astros, the trash rows, they definitely cheated. I think they'll still be cheating. But, like, man, they don't have to cheat. They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. And then they go ahead and add, add Jose Abreu. Like, oh, yeah, our offseason move is going to be adding a former MVP uh, and somebody who, like, could still bat 300 and put up 30-plus home runs. Like, that's that's just like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll make that kind of move. Like, that's a nonchalant offseason move. And it's just, man, it's like, what? <laughs> why are we even going to play this season? Like we ain't even got a shot. Like we're, we're still not better than the Astros. The only chance we have is like, they slip on a banana peel and lose to the Mariners. Uh, in like the, the first round of the playoffs, that's really, it's really the only hope. Yeah. I think my thing with the baseball season is for me, it's just too long. Mm. Like football is my, my number one sport. I can watch and follow along with every other sport, but like it comes nowhere near the same kind of passion that I have for football. So, uh, like, I honestly couldn't tell you a lot of people that play on the Guardians. Like, Adam made the joke that, like, we don't watch baseball. Like, Guardians fans don't watch baseball until September. 
which I, I think is a slap in the face to a lot of Guardians fans I know, because there's people that I know that love baseball, and I'm just like, for a long time, I'm like, that's just, the season's really long. Like, you can go on a 10-game losing streak, but that doesn't mean shit. You go on a 10-game losing streak in football, like, that that's your season. That's your season. Yeah, yeah like, you're done. <laughs> Coach is getting fired. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, um, but it, it's, um, it's like for every 17 or 18 games in in uh, baseball, that equates to like what a week or a week and a half in the NFL, like a game and a half in the NFL. Like it's something like that. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, like the Angels last season, like they went on like a almost like 20 game losing streak. And the, uh, um, like that's when Joe Madden got fired. Um, and yeah, that was like, OK, like even though that happened in May, it was like, OK, like that was a long enough losing streak where it's like, OK, their season's done. Like you have to go on like a 20 game, a 20 game skid pretty much to like disqualify yourself for the rest of the season. You have to play like they did at the beginning of major league. Yes. <laughs> but the premise, even of that movie, you could still like start off really shitty, but then like make something out of your season. Cause there's just, like I said, so many games, it's even the same way I think with, you know, basketball and I don't understand as much about hockey. I don't understand as much about hockey either. I, that is one sport where I'm like, uh, cool hockey playoffs. I'll watch, but yeah, during the regular season, I've usually got no idea. Um, like I know the Devils are pretty good this year. I don't, um, I don't know they could be. I don't. But yeah, it's yeah, that's a sport I definitely am a uh, a playoff tune inner. I'm not even as far with that. Like, I I don't know because like I don't live in a a hockey market, right? Like the closest team we have are the Blue Jackets, and I don't know. To me, that's not. I don't feel a connection to them. Mm-hmm. So I've actually debated on getting into hockey. At one point, I would always claim that the Blackhawks were my team because I have a lot of love for some of the Chicago teams. Or yeah, I should say, I used to. This was before the Indians Cubs World Series. I liked the Cubs. I never bought anything of them, but I just felt like, oh, like. They suffer like we do. And then, like, as soon as that World Series happened, even even before a game started, like, as soon as they made it, I was like, all right, I don't think I can like them anymore. And then we lost, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I definitely cannot like them anymore. But uh, after that, I'm like, yeah, I never really got into the Blackhawks that much, so we'll see. I, I really want to start rooting for the, the Phillies. Not the Phillies, but the uh, Flyers. The Flyers, okay. Yeah, beca- it's because of Gritty. Like I've, I've, I'll see videos of him online. I'm like, all right, I kind of like him. And like, that's weird. That's all it took for me. I was like, he, he seems fun. I want, I want, I want to go to a game. He's a draw, man. Gritty is gritty's a, uh, the top baby facing territory without question. Yeah, I believe it. I think you think the joke that I've heard in, in which not necessarily about gritty, but just about the, uh, the flyers is that this trend of Philly losing in championship games will potentially be broken with the Flyers because they won't make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not looking too good for them. Like but the, yeah, I mean, they lost – Philly lost the, the, the MLS, right? They lost uh, baseball and, of course, football. Yeah. So, like, the 76ers could make it. Obviously, there's still, like, a lot to go, but they're they're in a position to where they can make the playoffs. Yep. But, like, I don't know if there's any possibility for the uh, Flyers to make the playoffs. So that like that's kind of one thing Philly can kind of be happy about that they won't see like all their teams lose in one year. Yeah, their their hearts need a, a little bit of a rest, and I think the Flyers will give it to them. 
so let's uh let's switch some gears i know you like batman and i wanted to get your thoughts on the batman the movie uh i already had my mind made up that like i was going to love it Mm -hmm. um but i also loved everything that i saw not just because i had my mind made up Mm -hmm. um i loved the love the movie um i liked how batman is not necessarily a finished product He's not perfect by any stretch, makes a lot of mistakes. Um, yeah, the only the only thing that I have an issue with in the movie is at the very beginning where like Batman's all over the news and it's nighttime and people are trying to do bad things, but they're afraid because of Batman. And then there's these uh, these young people trying to jump the dude on the train uh, for like the gang initiation. And then Batman comes and they have no idea who he is. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So you mean to tell me the guy that's all over the news, the guy that has all the all the criminals in the city shook, you young hip kids have no idea who he is. That was a little bit of like a, a logic uh, logic flaw. But outside of that, uh, outside of the, the two minutes, uh, the rest of the two hours and, and 58 minutes, um, I really enjoyed. Um, I think Pattinson is a fantastic Batman. Um, yeah, I think this the second Batman could really cement his spot um because yeah he's he's high up there for me i thought he did really well what's your top batman list oh man um keaton is my batman so it's like he's he cemented at number one um batman returns is my my not just my favorite batman movie but my favorite movie period uh so right now i go uh keaton and then i go bail and then um adam west and then uh, Lego Batman, <laughs> and then um, and then uh, Clooney, and then Kilmer. Where's Pattinson on that? Are you just waiting until the next uh, one? Pattinson, uh, Pattinson is. Um, I got him. Uh, I got him right now, right below Keaton. Okay. But if I'm like brutally honest with myself, he's probably number one. I think my already, no- but my number one's is Bale, but. I, as a whole, I love this whole new uh, version of Batman of just mm-hmm. making it more detective. Absolutely. It's such a breath of fresh air to like focus in more on the detective work and kind of give you like a noir style movie mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just like a, a action romance movie. Yeah. Cause I think if you go from the original Schumacher and uh, Burton movies, like, Batman was a, you know, was, was a hit. And like, for a lot of people like that was like the only like good Batman, like not counting Adam West cause that's TV, but I'm like thinking movie wise, then they come out with, you know, Nolan's trilogy. And that was like, Oh wow. This is like another good way to do Batman. And I was like, well, where do you go from here? And when they tried what they did with, uh, Affleck, it's like, I don't hate it, but it's just like, you have a lot to live up to. And maybe like the benefit of them having the Affleck Batman to where they could do something like this and it's going to have less of a negative reaction because of you. You had something like soften the blow. And I'm not saying like the Affleck Batman was like horrible, but it was just like it's just so much to follow in. And then obviously, too, when you have Jared Leto as a Joker, like that's another crazy uh, choice. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even mention Affleck because I have no idea how to rate him. Like, I have no idea. Um, like, I don't know where he fits on the list. Like, definitely not to top, but like, I don't know if he's the worst. Worst. 
I don't know if he's if he's third from the bottom. Like I I just have no idea how to rate him because that that whole that whole little I hate to say universe, um, but that little spell of of Batfleck, uh, it just like was weird, man. It was just a weird time. Um, yeah, and to not do like a a formal Batman movie, I don't know. It just yeah, I don't know. It's just easier for me to just kind of like omit him. Uh, in general from from being batman because it was it's just a weird fit i mean the dceu from the jump has just it's been off yeah my thing is quit trying to be marvel like i'm not a comic book person like my knowledge is strictly batman um but i i realize what marvel does and a lot of people like it and they have done a really good job i guess with interconnecting their universes or worlds or whatever um stop trying to be that like i think dc is best um when it follows more of like the nolan pattern of like being gritty and being like realistic uh and really being like cemented in reality as opposed to the marvel universe which is you know it's got got some 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 far out stuff out there and you got to kind of suspend your disbelief um i'm like why doesn't dc just kind of like drive into that like go the other way go like go ultra realistic uh with like these characters existing you know on earth now as we know it i think for me when it comes to dceu i want them to be more like marvel but only the fact of when dc started this off they're like all right you know we're gonna have this superman and then we're gonna have batman versus superman and then we're gonna have i to remember the exact order but it seemed like justice league was coming like really quick and i'm like whoa, 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 whoa. look what marvel did they gave you iron man then they gave you Incredible Hulk. Then they gave you Iron Man 2. Then Thor. And then Captain America. Movies that you can watch separately. Other, I mean, other than, you know, Iron Man 1 and 2. Like, those are supposed to be together. But, you know, the rest, like, could be their own separate movies. The idea is, like, you take everything you've, you've started in all those. And that's where you get the Avengers. But it seems like they, just, they were just like, oh, we got to catch up to them. Like, no introduce me to your characters the the, my whole issue with justice league was like i don't know why i need to care about cyborg and flash because here's this big team up movie and you guys are like all right here's these two Mm -hmm. and it's like okay like i i want to like them i mean you give me some like you give me a small backstory but right you have to have the chance to get invested yeah that but that's what they that's what marvel did it's like well here's two iron man movies and like obviously like People loved Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and so they, they loved Iron Man. Hulk has its issues, but, you know, it helped help build what uh, they had in the guy's foundation. But, like, I just remember going from Iron Man 2 to that end credits, credit scene being of uh, Thor's hammer, and then going to Thor, having that end credit scene uh, actually not be anything Captain America is more um, a teaser for the Avengers, but still, like, you you had like a whole movie to get invested in those characters and also get introduced to new characters who you were going to also get invested into. So I felt like it was a mess from the start. And then it seemed like every time you turned around, they were doing something that was just like weird or like, well, I know you're trying to create this universe, but like, why are you making a Joker movie? Which granted, I like the Joker movie, but are you trying to do what you've always done? and create these like separate movies of characters and everything that don't necessarily intertwine. Or are you trying to create this universe? Cause even like with the, the Batman, they got this whole universe. Where it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, here's this Joker movie and Batman movie. 
They have nothing to do with the DCEU and they have nothing to do with each other. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is, I, I think it's fine, but like, yeah, got to be clear about that, mm-hmm. which I think they are going to be moving forward. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with the James Gunn reset. Um, I want to see the flash. I know that's a, a lot of people don't want to support Ezra Miller. I, I get it. I'm curious of what they're doing with everything Batman. Cause there is those Nolan Batman teases in there, but I don't know the extent of it. And obviously too, yeah, um, Michael Keaton's in there too. Yeah, like they set the trap and I'm going to fall for the trap. Like, I know it's a trap. Like, I do not want I'm not interested in the Flash. I'm not interested in, in the person uh, playing the Flash. I don't want anything to do with any of that. But you give me Keaton Batman. Like, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to see it. Um, and I, I 100% understand it's a trap to see what's probably going to be an otherwise bad movie and, and bad character. But it's Keaton Batman. I got to be there. Yeah. Um like I said, I know a lot of people don't want to support it. The funny thing is, like, prior to Ezra Miller coming out to be just a complete piece of shit, I was looking forward to it because I made that excuse, uh, whole thing of the Justice League. I'm like, well, why do I need to care? Like, why should I care about The Flash? Which I remember watching that movie. I liked him. But, like, I don't know, like, why I should, like, I don't know his backstory. And then they have this movie. So I was like, cool. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Fuck. And then I think on top of everything, too, they're going to change a lot of the stuff. So we'll, we'll see how that fits in. It it reminds me of uh, X-Men. Like, after three, when just things got really chaotic. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I'm not an X-Men fan either, but I remember seeing the first two just because they were, like, such blockbusters. And, yeah, I remember when it got to three, it was like, okay, this seems, seems off the rails. Even for my limited knowledge, it seemed off the rails. Well, even with three, they're, they're like the ending is just like it's so weird and then there's like an after i mean a post-credit scene that i don't think ever really gets a payoff and after that they do a, a whole bunch of like different things and then they they kind of do a retcon type movie of like oh like we'll do this movie and like that means we can start over but yeah it's just it's it's so complicated so from one superhero to the other why do you like bret hart so much Oh, Mr. Hitman. <laughs> oh, now we're cooking, baby. Yeah, Mr. Hitman. He's my favorite, man. He's my favorite. Uh, just from the time I was little, that was um, that was my dude, man. Um, I started I started watching wrestling like as literally as a baby, like just drawn to it. Um, mm-hmm. So by the time like my memories start forming, you know, I'm like you know three years old or so, and you know that's uh, early '90s, so. You know, Hulkamania was still going strong, but like, dude, Bret Hart was just the man. Um, so you're just naturally drawn to him. Uh, that's my number one. And then um, I think something that, that helps his case um, is, uh, you know, there's definitely something said during the Attitude Era at a different time, different era. Uh, things that shouldn't have been said then still aren't okay now. Um, but in comparison to uh, – the other things that have been done by like our heroes, like Brett's one of the only few that like hasn't really let us down. Um, yeah. Like he, he's a good dude and um, you know, he's, he's got his queen and he's, he still does a lot of good charity stuff and um, he's the true definition of an independent contractor, which I really love. Like he's never, he's never like sold himself back. Like 
a lot of guys like, yeah, sign me up for that legends deal. You know, not, not Brett, like Brett is going to sign his own deal and do his own thing and still have hundred percent flexibility uh, to pop up and do whatever he wants. I mean, he's got his uh, roots of fight store. He's got his own website. He he'll stop in for AW and do, do an appearance. He'll do indie stuff. He'll do signings. He'll, he'll stop by for, you know, a big WWE show uh, for a one-off. Um, like he's just the true definition of an independent contractor. He, Another thing that he doesn't get credit for is he is like sneakily always on the cutting edge in the nineties. Um, whether it's um, like when you think of like the work rate intercontinental champions, but like Brett takes that to a whole different level. Um, and it really doesn't get touched again. Like in the nineties, that expectation of like, Oh, this is the workhorse intercontinental champion. Like the, the best version of that is Brett. He's the, he's the one having the all-time classic matches in the early 90s. It's, it's you know, it's not to turn this into a Sean thing, but, like, Sean's not having those classics in 1993 with his run. It's just not there. Um, but, yeah, he's on the cutting edge uh, always of, of what's what's next in the business. Um, you know, sneaking in the, uh, you know, his love for the business at WrestleMania 8 and, <laughs> and again, uh, uh, at uh, In Your House, um, uh, so Seasons Beatings against Bulldog and Hershey um you know like little things like that it's the the first major table bump uh for wwf against diesel in 95 it's um the introduction of the ladder being, match the, right bring in the ladder match um it's uh it's the the promo he cuts the the frustrated promo uh against vince on that that march raw uh that go home raw to wrestlemania 13 um like that that's that's like still the blueprint for like the worked shoot promo is to try to find that frustration uh, in that line um, that Brett toes during that, that, that promo. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the match with Austin that follows. Um, and then the whole like angle with Sean where they're, bu- they're building up this animosity to look so real and eventually, you know, work themselves into a shoot HH um, brother but like Brett's just always on the cutting edge and it's something he doesn't get credit for. It's something I've always appreciated about his work, looking back at it. Um, and his work is just timeless, man. Like it, it's even the opposite of timeless, like it, it, not, not, not the opposite of timeless, but like it gets better with time. And I just, I just love Mr. Hitman. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's, I don't know if that answered any questions as to why, but yeah, those are just some of the things I love about Brett. I think that it's fun that we both have a similar introduction to professional wrestling to where like we can't technically pinpoint it it's all about when our memory kicks in Mm -hmm. for me my dad was always watching it growing up and i think at first i just i didn't necessarily care for it but i was like I, i i was too young to understand but at some point and it might have just been because i always remember it was on uh sunday afternoon and like maybe just like sitting there week after week watching it while eating lunch like all of a sudden like i became invested in it and it took me a while to like i think follow storylines but i also think this was uh 92 93 raw had was about to start in 93 so i was probably seeing some like some superstars matches and everything like i know i was definitely watching uh wwf all-american but like like i remember watching Razor Ramon and liking him. I remember watching Kona Crush and liking him. And I think even think yeah. Tatanka too. So like I had my favorites, but like I didn't know that much about them. But my first real memory when I'm like, 
I knew I was watching it prior, but like I was able to like start connecting storylines was when Lex Luger slammed Yokozuna on that. The trepid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And after that, like I was able to focus like, Oh, like, you know, this is when he gets a title shot at uh, SummerSlam. And I, early on, like too, like Brett was one of my favorites. And there's something about that time of just, how cool he was to where I, I, I honestly don't know. Like if it wasn't for Brett, I don't know if Sean would have been as popular. And I say that as someone who likes them both openly will never pick a side. Uh, they are my, they are tied for number one in my book of my favorite wrestler of all time. I will never put one over the other because I liked Brett first when the, uh, WrestleMania storyline happened, or I should say when Sean became face, I started to like him more. And then, fucking wrestlemania 12 was on my 10th birthday oh wow okay that's cool yeah so like my two favorite wrestlers having a match and i mean i was rooting for sean i wanted the the boyhood dream to come true after that i mean i still like brett still do as an adult i think i respect brett a lot more and then obviously knowing like 90s sean was a kind of a as a person was a piece of shit but yeah love them love them both so much but like brett coming out like just those the shades the sunglasses like those as a kid i remember like thinking like those are so cool i i wanted a pair. <laughs> i never i didn't get a pair until 2012 and i bought them from uh directly from him at a i don't want to say a merge table but he was doing an autograph signing and he had some there that he was selling and, okay yeah which brings me have I've, have you have you met brett i have met brett um uh twice uh but the main time was uh at a minor league baseball game in 2013 so i had um i'd been training for at that point probably getting close to two years i don't think i had started working yet mm-hmm. um or maybe i just i might have just debuted um but yeah i went to a minor league baseball game did the whole meet and greet thing because i was like you know when this is before he really started doing a lot more signing. So it's like, when am I going to get the chance to meet Brett? So yeah, at that time, like I'm still kind of like came up in a weird time where it was like, don't go to meet and greets. Don't ask for Mark pictures, you know, like that, you know, marking quotation marks, um, you know, that, that whole like old school thing was like still there. Um, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta meet Brett though. Like I gotta, I gotta do it. So like I met him and then, uh, you know, like he, he was nice enough to like comment on my size, even though I was like, you know, still maybe what, 220 and six, four, like if so, and I'm still looking pretty thin. Um, but like that led to like, okay, well, you know, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually like a wrestler and, you know, got to tell him that, you know, he inspired me to, you know, uh, become a wrestler, um, and to go after that dream. And, uh, the time he took, um, the extra time he took with me just to like, talk with me there and make eye contact with me and sincerely tell me how much that meant to him. Um, and the, the advice he gave me, um, just really sound. And it was, um, you know, (laughs) advice I still live by it. It's, um, uh, he told me, make sure he said, one, take care of your body because that's, that's your tool to continue to do this. And he said, in taking care of your body, he said, I know you're young, and uh but always make sure that you sleep in a bed (laughs) he said you're gonna you're gonna you know bounce around and and sleep on couches and you know try to save a buck and sleep on floors but he was like it's not worth it in the long run every night make sure 
your body's in a bed. And it always stuck with me. Like, um, and it's something, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely had a couple, uh, couple nights on, on some couches or floors, but, um, you know, outside of a few exceptions, it's, uh, no, no, I'm, I am paying because Bret Hart told me to, like, I'm paying <laughs> to be in a hotel room and I need to be in a bed. Um, because that's what, <laughs> that's what the hitman said. And at that time still, that was still like, oh, you don't earn, you need to earn a bed. You need to earn, you know, um, uh, earn your room, uh, you know, and not just earning your room, but then like earning your bed. Um, you know, that was a thing like reserved for the vets, uh, when I was coming up. So, um, definitely took a lot, a lot out of the personal piggy bank, but, uh, I think in the long run, it was worth it. I, I'm not, fuck, I'm not even a wrestler, but even like after a certain age, like I can't sleep on most couches. I can't sleep on floors. I mean, I, I can to an extent, but like, um, yeah, I'm not feeling great. Yeah. Especially if like you, you factor that in with like, you have to be up early and then you've got to make a town. So you're going to be in a car for, you know, three to six hours or whatever. And then after that you have to, you know, go back home and that's another, you know, who knows how long. So it, it all adds up. And, and when you, when you don't get that good night's sleep on that bed, um, it really, really sets you up for failure. So uh, Mr. Hitman knew what he was talking about. Or you can do what I did at the Mahoney drive-in and sleep in a tent. There you go. Which that was like the first time I think I'd ever slept out in a tent, like closest to real camping I've ever done. And that's when I learned like, oh yeah, it does get really, really cold at night. Like mm-hmm. I had like enough stuff for like what I thought I would need. But I was like, like, cause we did the two day thing. Like after the first night we ran up to Walmart and I'm like, we got to get like an, another blanket or two. Cause that was not enough. Right. And then that was still during the summertime, right? Yeah. That was so. uh, be- end of May. No, okay. June. it was June. It was June. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not one for camping. I'm not that adventurous. Um, but, uh, you know, I did some camping, uh, as a teenager and, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not cut out for that. It gets way too cold and there's, um, too many unknown elements to deal with, but yeah, always make sure you got a, got a bed to, to rest in the end of the night. You first met Brett like within about a year or so when I first met Brett, which is oh, like, no, that's, okay. it's the only time I met Brett actually was, um, it was a show in Indiana, Fort Wayne. I think they still do this show like twice a year, like heroes and legends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was the first year they were like, not even just first year, the first show that they, they did. And I wasn't planning on going. And then I got asked by Jake Clemens to go out with out there with him. Like he needed someone to ride with and all this kind of stuff. Cause I, I don't know if this was his first, uh, I don't say solo. He didn't want to go, go alone, which, I get, I mean, now I, w- I wouldn't care, but at that time I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. And Brett was going to be there. So I was like, well, I wasn't planning on going cause I wasn't going to just necessarily drive myself, but riding with him, uh, I, I remember after I got there, jumped in line to, to meet Brett. And this was like right after he had like some sort of surgery because like when he took pictures, like he couldn't really get up. Mm-hmm. So like he, like uh, all the pictures he would take, he was taking was, was sitting down, which I'm not a huge fan of pictures like that, but obviously in this case, it's like, it's this or nothing. And, and I was like, I'll take this. This is fine. And I remember, um, I shook his hand and I, I said, thank you. Thank you for everything. Cause just like as a fan being hooked on him early on, like, I mean, you know, that's his, one of his Hasbros was one of my first wrestling figures. And I always say, I can never remember which one it was. Cause there was, there was four that, my dad got me and I think they were on different occasions. Brett, Undertaker, 
Razor Ramon and uh, Punching Hulk Hogan. Mm. Wh- which one I got first, I couldn't tell you, and I didn't. I do not think they were on the same day, but I keep them in the same class of like you know these were my my first four. Yeah. So, like, loved him, and just like thank him for like all the all the memories and all this this kind of stuff because I was kind of like you like I don't know if I'll ever get to do this again. I haven't, but I think I've had times where I could have. But being able to like check that off, meet him, I didn't want to tell him. You know, my favorite match of his is the Iron Man match. <laughs> I mean, he might like the compliment because of everything I went into doing it. But I mean, like, hey, I liked a match that you didn't win, and you were you were you were told to get out of the ring afterwards. But yeah, yeah I got a uh, and I got my uh, the Bret Hart DVD signed. Okay, nice. I think it was like also I, right at the time they released like that like that dungeon. Uh, okay, the the second set. Yeah, the second. And a friend of mine was like, "Oh, you should get that. You'd be the first one to get it." And I'm like, "Yeah, but like people are gonna get it over time, so it's like, what was it? What will it matter?" So I'm like, "I want to get the original, the first set DVD set because I think it just looks cool." Yeah, that's the one I have signed. Is that DVD set? And then um, my best friend uh, at Not the Toolman, Tim Taylor, um, he went and saw Mr. Hitman this summer, and he got uh, my Ultimate Edition Brett signed. Nice for me so yeah i got a couple items and then um i also got uh on top of that i've got um a pair of hitman shades myself that were gifted to me by uh uh pa indie wrestler uh blind rage uh super cool dude i don't think he works uh anymore but um yeah if you look up like results he's definitely a guy that was around in like the mid 2000s a lot and uh he uh he knew how much i love brett and he happened to have a pair uh and he's like you you're you're gonna love these like more than i do so take them so uh where they that's yeah, my little were they an old were uh, they an old school pair yeah they're an old school pair oh, yeah, they are, that's, um, that's even better yeah i believe they're from the mid 90s so um yeah looking at them i think they're from like 95 is that when they're they're like pink and black yeah yep it's got uh like almost like a black trim and then the the um the eye part the eye shade is pink um Cause I went to a house show. Um, so my first WWF show uh, that I attended was the day before the curtain call uh, oh, at the shit. Philadelphia spectrum. Um, and I knew Brett wasn't going to be there because he was off TV, but they were still selling Brett merch. So like I came home, I have the Brett foam finger. I've got a Brett t-shirt. Um, and then I got the, the Hitman shades. Um, I had the Hitman shades and then throughout moving through the years, um, like they just got, lost um which like always crushed me so um yeah these are these are the same same kind of hitman shades uh from that that mid-90s run yeah i I think those are really cool because granted when i think of brett i think of like the all pink but yeah knowing that there were these other designs and like faintly remembering them it's cool because they're definitely like rarer and i think when when he's He's remade uh, them. He's only done all pink and all silver, which I still need to get a uh, all silver pair. Oh, I would love to get my hands on the all silver ones. And I, I, I mean, last I knew he was selling them directly, and I mean that's not super expensive, but nonetheless. But uh, I remember the shit that I brought back for my first show, which which was crazy. As much as I liked Brett, and this was like in that era, because my first show was the WrestleMania 10 Revenge Tour. Everything that I got, I didn't get anything Brett, and I don't know why. Like I got a, I know I got a program which that's been long gone. I had a the Razor Ramon Razor necklace. 
Oh, nice. Okay. I think I traded that to a kid later on. Uh, a foam intercontinental belt, which was hands down like my favorite. I beat the shit out of that thing. Like that was <laughs> like that was like my favorite toy. The the gold paint came off it over the years. Uh, parts of the foam and the the plastic had come apart to the fact of like part of it like had to be kind of duct tape not like hardcore championship style but like uh, on the back of it uh and then uh, what there was one of the oh the tatanka foam tomahawk oh okay uh i that was the one thing that i had the longest but i decided to use it for a a prop in a middle school talent show and the friend of mine who was using it broke it the night oh it's a bummer yeah the night of the talent show like we did all these rehearsals and everything no no issue and then like the night of he i don't know what he does and it like rips and i've looked at that thing on ebay and it's like a hundred dollars right now or last time i looked i should say yeah i know um i believe uh dj from we need wrestling is also in the uh tataka uh foam tomahawk business um yeah it's a, it's a really cool piece of merchandise yeah i wish i knew why i didn't get a bret hart glasses I, I hope that the real answer is they didn't have him that day, but this was the WrestleMania 10 revenge tour. He was the champion. Yeah. I mean, they could have been sold out possibility. Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, I, I still love Brett. You know, it's crazy. I don't, I don't have a lot of his figures. I think the only ones that I have as I'm looking around my office, I think the only ones I have are his Hasbro's and the micro brawler. I don't have anything current. Like from Mattel, okay. made by current. Yeah, I've got the uh, Heart Foundation Micro Brawler. It's kind of um, like my good luck charm. I keep it in my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I got the uh, the Survivor Series Elite with the uh, my favorite Brett gear. Uh, I wish they would do an Ultimate Edition of the figure um, to get like the jacket and the glasses right. But mm-hmm. um, it's the Survivor Series 96 gear with the uh, pink, black, and orange trim. Um, of course, the uh, the Ultimate Edition I talked about. I've got the Target Ultimate Edition based on the uh, Rumble '93 gear that's pre-ordered and on the way. Um, uh, I've got Hasbro from my childhood, Bone uh, Bone Cruncher as well from Series. I think Series One. Yeah, um, might be might be it for my uh, Brett figures. I need to get the um, the new retros they've been doing. I want to get the um, the Brett retro that came with like Anvil, mm. Jimmy Hart, and uh, Nikolai Volkov. I I want like a lot of those retros, but it comes down to money, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to shell it out for all that. But like, I loved retros. Like, li- I remember the first time I saw the retro set at my Walmart, and like, I think I f- the two that I picked up were Ultimate Warrior and Kevin Owens, and I mm, yeah. I, I kick myself because I remember seeing. Roman Reigns ones there. Oh yeah, those are <laughs> those are still pretty hot. And I they they could have been the Superman punch ones. I I don't remember, but I remember like first seeing them. And like when I think of the punch figures, I think of Hogan because that was the one that I had growing up. I know other people think you know Virgil. I think there's a couple other punchers, but that's why I was like, ah, oh, Roman gets a a Hulk Hogan style figure, cool. But I still never bought it. And then, like, obviously, when that the prices shot up on that, I was like, ah, I should have bought some because they, yeah. they were there for a while. Yeah, I did the same. I passed on on the retros and I was like, well, there's more time. Like, I'll, I, you know, I'll collect them over time. I just didn't, I wouldn't, you know, wasn't in a position uh, 
to, to hop on. But um, yeah, missed opportunities for sure. Actually, I'm wrong. I think I do have one. I have a loose bread. I have like a drawer with some loose figures in it. So I, I, I forget about them sometimes. But it's, I think it's like the, it might be SummerSlam 91, Brett. I think it was okay. I have that Brett too. I forgot about that. I got the chase. Uh, yeah. The, the chase Brett from that, uh, that elite that oh, was elite 98, maybe 99. So. Or maybe, maybe it's not that one. It's uh, whatever one that was like basic and it was like all pink. Oh, that was the, um, 80, 89, 89. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fr- a friend of mine gave me that. He had that and, uh, WrestleMania 12 Shawn Michaels and he just gave them to me. Nice. The only thing that sucked about like the, that Sean and like he didn't have the bell with it. And I ended up, I literally ended up having to go to a toy store and I bought like a Ric Flair that came with the winged eagle, but it was just so I can get the, the belt. And then yeah. I, then I eventually bought it, uh, mid on card, but yeah, I need, I, I definitely need to buy more Brett. Actually, you know what, you know, one weird Brett thing that I have, I remember telling somebody this, they're like, they made that. And I'm like, yeah, I have the wrestling with shadow soundtrack. Oh, cool. That's a, that's a neat nugget. I think the, the coolest thing that's on there that it has is WCW theme on there. Oh, neat. Yeah. Fascinating. I might have it right beside me. Got my wrestling CDs. Uh, let me read the track listing on here. <laughs> yeah. There's a Hitman theme. Uh, there's Rob Zombie, super beast. There's a Brian Adams song on here. There's a bunch of other bands I've never heard of. Oh yeah. The rascals. The Rascals had something to do with this album. Oh, because there, I think there was a, now I'm remembering something that I'd forgot about. There was a song like Sharpshooter. I, I think there was a music video for it. The song was called Sharpshooter Best of the Best by Radicals or Rascals. Yeah, fun little, fun little that's a, Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a cool one. As I put it back with my wrestling albums in between the Hulk Hogan and Macho Man <laughs> CDs. But uh, speaking of uh, Bret Hart... Do you think the Montreal screw job was a work? Oh boy. <laughs> so on uh my big answer is to say, of course, it's um it was a shoot, yada yada yada, all the lives it affected, um, how hard Brett took it. Oh, got it. But my harder hearts, I think it's a work. Um, and I point back to what I said earlier about Brett being on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another quality of Brett, another trait of Brett is I think he's the best, um, he's got the best finishes in wrestling to his matches. There's so many iconic endings to his matches. Mm-hmm. I don't think any wrestler has half the amount of memorable finishes that Brett does. You can just say WrestleMania eight finish and people know what that is. You can say WrestleMania 10 finish. People know what that is. Um, you can say SummerSlam 92 finish and people know what that is. Um, so I think that the Montreal screw job is the greatest finish of all time. Um, and I just think, I think that Brett and Vince were in on it being a screw job. And then I think that Brett plays, um, I say Brett plays. Um, so I think Brett and Vince are in on it and they set up the screw job. And then Vince goes and there is the, the confrontation with, you know, oh, you know, Brett's not going to drop the title to Sean in Montreal, yada, yada, yada. What are we going to do? You know, we're running out of time to drop the title. And Vince takes that to his circle of goons, right? Um, so Pritchard, 
Cornette, uh, Briscoe, Sean, Triple H, Russo. And I think Vince kind of leads the witness to get people to mention, well, hey, why don't we just shoot the finish on them? And so I think everybody else um, in that circle and those who claim to be in on it, um, they think that they came up with it. But I think that it's actually Brett and Vince um, at the bottom of it, um, understanding um, uh, that they need to work together to, to pull this off. Um, and I think that's why Brett kind of took it so personally that Sean and other people who swear to God that they had nothing to do with it and had no knowledge of it uh, would lie straight to his face about it. Um, And then I even think after the fact, like if you watch that raw after the screw job and even like the weeks following Jim Ross still has a very respectful tone and even like King, like the way they talk about Bret Hart, it's not the way that you would expect. Like they still put Bret Hart over. um, And I felt, I feel like that's like a condition of him doing the finish and leaving is like, because I think Brett's legacy is very important to him and they, they treat him even though he's not there and quote unquote refuses to do business. Uh, they still treat him with like the utmost reverence uh, in leaving. Um, like even Stone Cold, who like is in a blood feud with Brett for the whole year. Um, like when he's still mentioning Brett in like early 98, like <laughs> he has a different toe to him when talking about, about Brett. Um so I think I think that um, I think things definitely went wrong along the way because you know the next night they've got the uh, little person dressed as Brett out there and you know Brett didn't like that and then um, you've got Sean immediately bad mouthing Brett and um, getting a lot of those uh, shoot style comments in and and then of course you have everything that happens uh, with Owen and you know WF um, you know with their hand being responsible in that and. Uh, should I put him allegedly there just so we don't get sued? I'll, I'll say allegedly. Um, but obviously there's um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fault to be found there. And um, I think when you just start adding up the, the, the things there, um, you know, I think a lot of that bad blood just um, became too much for Brett to possibly come back uh, that quickly after his WC, WCW contract. Have you ever heard of the documentary actually called, the Montreal theory about how it was all a work. Uh, I have, I haven't watched it, but I've seen clips of it. And uh, I'm also with Kevin Nash because I think Nash talks about like, look how it's filmed. Um, It's filmed like it's supposed to be called on camera. Uh, They never stop shooting. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to the promo uh, on that go home raw uh, after the cage match with Sid and Brett, where Brett cuts the frustrated promo, a lot of the positioning of Vince and Brett, it's almost like a dry run for the screw job where Vince is on the outside and he has his back to the hard cam and then they're shooting behind Vince. So you actually see, you know, the side of the camera you usually don't see. Mm -hmm. Um, And Brett's, you know, positioning hanging uh, on the top rope and leaning on the top rope and um, the pacing back and forth and going to the corner. Like a lot of the, the, as, uh, as Jim Ross would say, the body English is very similar to Montreal. And I feel like that was almost a dry run um, uh, for the for the screw job. I could I could see that. I've always thought about it just when the idea of this being a work came to mind was look at how the business changed afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was it was like heavily in WWE's favor and 
being able to have Brett go to the competition and I don't necessarily want to say, you know, sabotage it from the inside, but you know, Hey, I can't pay you, but he'll pay you. Just, just take the money. And the fact that like this also helped launch arguably one of the best heels of the attitude era, or even of all time of Mr. McMahon, like it, it seems perfect. And you also bring in the fact of like, kind of, we mentioned with wrestling with shadows, like you had a documentary crew there mm-hmm. to catch all this other stuff. And like, it's not like, you know, he showed up that day with the crew. I mean, they, they had been there a while to the point too. there. There's so much of that, uh, encounter that happened backstage that it's just behind closed doors. You're the only people that know really what happened are in the room and they're all in on it. Allegedly. Who knows, man. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think there, there's a lot of evidence that points to, um, this being one of the greatest works of all time. And, um, I think it, I think it goes one of two ways where either it goes, um, it goes unanswered for the rest of time. Um, and you know, as we slowly start, losing our legends um as we get older so do they um so the people in the room the people that could answer to that um you know pass one by one or two um it's just gonna kind of be like um i think it's a golden state killer where it's just like some dude on facebook is like or a zodiac sorry um where some dude on Facebook is just like, oh yeah, here's my buddy. I think he's a Zodiac killer. Like one of Brett's kids is just going to go on Facebook and be like, oh yeah, it was all a work. And, <laughs> and it's going to be super anticlimactic. It could be like um, Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman to where it wasn't like public knowledge that how much of a work that was until like they did something in the nineties and mm-hmm. of, of ironically of all, and like it was the early nineties, ironically fucking Jim Carrey's the one that like, mentioned it and this was way before man on the moon yeah um yeah i think i think brett is just so if, if it is a, a work and my theory is somewhat correct um you know i think i think his pride um no it kind of it hinges on him not revealing that that is uh the greatest work of all time yeah because at this point what's the what's the use of telling people right like you look so much cooler of knowing that this is like your secret, but, but also too, with Brett, it's not just him keeping the secret. It's Vince, uh, potentially if, if Sean knew, if triple H knew, if, well, and that's the genius of it is I think the only people that know that it's actually work in my theory is Vince and Brett, because I think Vince led Sean and Hunter and whoever else to say it's a screw job so that they think they came up with it. But really the ones who came up with it are, are Brett and, and Vince. And I think those two will go to the grave with that. Yeah. Um, that's my, uh, my uh, true crime <laughs> <laughs> only murders in the building esque uh, theory on uh, the Montreal screw job. All right. Before we get into the fave five questions with this being sadly the only black history month uh, question that we do, uh, kind of got to go with the uh, the theme that we have I've had for these interviews and just to kind of like ask you or just basically let you talk about you know what it was like growing up black any type of struggles or obviously racism you would run into and you know was there anything like that while you were getting into the wrestling business and um, obviously starting to wrestle um definitely like definitely growing up um, and there's things that like you don't 
fully catch when you're little that like kind of come back to you as you get older. Um, and even like, as I, um, like got into college, like I, um, I think with like, you know, um, Obama becoming president that lit, um, I don't know if it emboldened some people, uh, to be a little bit more flagrant, uh, with their racism and feelings. But like, that's when I started like noticing like, Oh, like it's, it's, it's a lot more than like, I remember it being, uh, and a lot worse. So like, those are, those are probably like some of the, the tougher times, um, like experiencing racism, um, in my life, but then like getting, getting into the business and I guess I'm blessed. I'm, I'm definitely blessed. I don't feel like I've come across, um, any, any blatant forms of racism that I've noticed, um, or felt like were directly related to me, um, or, or anybody like in my, in my circle either. Um, like I just, I haven't seen it. Um, and you know, maybe that was just because I ran in a, a pretty tight circle, um, in Shikara. Yeah. And I know that, uh, you know, they've, that, that brand had, had their own issues. Um, but racism was never one that I experienced or, or saw, um, other people really experience. I think, I think there's some tropes that still are say def- like almost like defaulted um, when it comes to like black people needing to dance in wrestling, um, black people not just being allowed to like be themselves. So it's like how many tatted up white dudes with the, the, you know, that haircut that everybody has um that throw like mma fake looking kicks like how many dudes are like that like a million Mm -hmm. and how many like bald bearded white dudes are there on any show poster at any given time you know but like a black dude can't just be uh a black person like oh they have to dance or like oh they have to be a preacher or um it's like now there's like we're allowed to like have more personality so like i think you're seeing a lot more people being like you know and this might be an effect of like mainstream of like the new day where it's like Mm -hmm. black people are allowed to like tap into their pop culture uh whether it's like dragon ball z um or like anime like you're starting to like see that door open a little bit and i I think it's great um for just letting people like you know be be who they are um without having to like play a trope um so like i still think there is a long way to go when it comes to that um you know i think i think another thing like i've noticed maybe this is just like my my opinion or my perception but uh it almost feels like there's only there's only ever like two or three black talents on the indies allowed to like be hot and be like the go-to person to book at a time mm-hmm. um you know whether that was like ach um or it was like leo rush um and like i feel like just at any given time for like you know a two or three year span it's like okay this is this is the black dude to book and it's like well there you you, you, you can you can you know there's 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 more there like there's definitely more talent uh that you could bring in um and i think uh i think what reg does uh with uh, the BW listing every year that he does, it's, it's fantastic because uh, it just shows like how much black talent is out there. Um, you know, men, women, non-binary, um, 
there's just a ton of talent out there um, because I think I think the first the first offense that people bring up, uh, I don't think it's from a place of malice. It's just um, like not knowing. Um, it's you know when when people want to see more more talent on these indie shows that maybe they don't know of that aren't the hot name uh, you know for that for that year, it's okay. Well, well, who is it? Like who? You you tell me like who are the talents to bring in because you know I, I don't know them or you know when AW had um, uh, I think you know probably a year maybe maybe even longer than that um, there is a big a big pointing out online about uh, the lack of diversity uh, as far as the stars of their show go I don't because I think there's a difference between having stars of the show and having your roster um, and so you know not having really having black people represented in the stars of their show. Um, and that was something they like had to, had to go over. And, you know, a lot of people were saying like, okay, well who, and to that, I would say like, not for him to catch a stray, sorry, but like, I'd never heard of Kip Sabian. I'd never seen a Kip Sabian match, but he's a guy who gets a ton of, ton of TV time on AEW. He's been a featured player. It's like, do we have a black equivalent to, to Kip Sabian? Who's like, kind of like a baseline AEW dude. Do we like that? Now that I can think of, Right. So it's like, that's kind of like my, my go-to example of like just how far still we have to come because it's like, it's, it's still the, it's still like the having to work twice as hard for half the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, it's there and, you know, and, and, you know, sorry for Kip Kip Sabian catching astray there, but like, that's just my, my go-to example of, you know, somebody I'd never heard of, had never seen, um, not that he's not deserving, um, or have the ability to be where he's at, but just like never seen this dude before in my life never heard of him in my life never seen a match but here he is on tv and so why can't we have more diverse looking talent in that same positioning um and i think that's something they've definitely gotten better at um like love seeing stocks and hobbs Mm -hmm. um and uh you know swerve strickland and and you know they've they've done an excellent job of incorporating more talent um more more black talent uh you know acclaimed killing it like um Athena, <laughs> Athena, dude, dude, they got dark beating people up, uh, rocks. So, um, but yeah, that it's still, you know, that's kind of like my bar is like until we can kind of just have like a black dude or, uh, you know, a black person who's just on TV and they're just like, okay, I'm like, we still have a long way to go mm-hmm. because I feel like you still have to be exceptional, uh, or, or way above the bar to kind of justify your spot on, on, on TV or on an indie show. I think the thing that I love most about the acclaim is it was so natural mm-hmm. of like them becoming popular. Like they, they hit the right beats with storylines. I've, I've been a fan of Max Caster even before he was, you know, signed to AEW, just finding a way to have him be highlighted and spotlight, especially with the rap. Like I remember like one of the first times he came out, like I, a friend of mine on Twitter was like, Oh, you know, why is this guy trying to be like John Cena? I'm like, Listen, I like I like John Cena. I love the rap stuff, but this is a guy that was doing it prior to being signed. Like I know John loved it, but like he just someone who made a part of his gimmick. Mm-hmm. Max actually, you know, he's he's recorded stuff. Even at that point, that was way before uh I know they created like a whole acclaim album, which is like a lot of like small short songs. Uh but nonetheless, like that was a, like a part of like what the dude like would do online to get noticed. And yeah, it, it, it caught on and to the point mm-hmm. of 
you know, when they, they just recently lost the tag titles, I know so many people are like, oh my God, that was the dumbest thing AEW's did. They're trying to be like WWE and make do all these like bad decisions. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I think the Acclaim's going to win those titles back. <laughs> and that's going to be the point. Like, Right. And, and I, they'll be the... Well, I guess they'll they'll join a short list of being you know, two-time AW tag team champions. Um, but yeah, I, I feel confident that it's just kind of like a, they don't have any other tag team or tag team programs readily available. And like also like if you beat the acclaim, like you're the bad guys. So like, yeah. what other tag team do you want to like heal up right now? Like the guns are kind of the perfect team to to do that because you know everybody wants to boo those dudes. Uh, and it'll be a great moment when the Acclaim get the belts back. And I don't mean to just pile on AEW because like WWE literally had a WrestleMania storyline that wasn't even supposed to happen based off of, you know, 50 plus years of uh, of, of racism uh, and holding down black talent at the top of their card uh, with Kofi Mania. So, like, I mean, it, 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 it it's it's rampant. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I have hope and and pray that, you know, it, it's getting better and is um you know, I think the Indies play a big role in that because mm. um, it's almost like the NFL um, and like the increase of, in black quarterbacks in the NFL. They can only play what's being produced. And, you know, if the indie scene, if these promoters, if these companies keep getting behind black talent and and giving them positions to succeed and, and booking them well and presenting them well, then, you know, when it comes time for like, OK, who are the hot names to sign? You know, either one of these companies need to make a big splash. Uh, you know, who are who are the blue chippers? You know, hopefully we get a class that's you know majority majority black. Um, you know, majority um, of uh, of other nationalities and races as well. Um, so that's that's my hope, and that, that's where I'd love to see things go. Um, but yeah, kind of you know, not to put it all on the indies, but you know, the indies play a big role in that um, because you know these companies can get behind these talents and create that buzz so that, you know, when a big signing needs to happen, um, you know, it's, it's, it's black talent at the top of that list. And we're to a point now where there's companies that highlight uh, black talent, like on, Mm -hmm. on their whole card, like black wrestlers matter. I know the uh, OWA here in Ohio, they do uh, good trouble shows. Yeah. And I've, I've been to two of those and I, I fucking love them. And then there's also uh, I, I, uh, Black Girl Magic, right? I was actually thinking of the whole for the culture thing, but I I couldn't remember yeah. if one was done last year. But nonetheless, like it's just we have found more shows to just be like, here's a whole card of talent. Like if you know you're not familiar with them, learn and just shows you there's 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 a lot of like star talent out there. Like mm-hmm. like going to Good Trouble, like there was a, a few black wrestlers that I had never necessarily heard of. And, you know, now I'm fans of theirs and I'm going to continue to follow them. Like one of them, like is kind of like more Ohio based, but he's getting out a little bit more here and there. And like, I've been fucking rooting for him. And there's, there's so many out there like that. And it's just giving them the spotlight and seeing what they do. Even like, uh, I've even said it for like AIW of, you know, Broner went from kind of being a no name in, Michigan, because that's sadly what that scene is. Like, no offense to anybody who's a a Michigan independent wrestling fan, but like, I know very little about that scene because it's either they're not making a splash or wrestlers are only wrestling there. Like, it's just that that it, to me that's that's what it is. But soon as he like stepped out, like started doing more shows in Ohio, obviously AEW being one of them. Like, this is a dude that 
picked up a little bit of momentum. I, li- I mean, I'd like to see him do a lot more than he has, but, you know, getting, like, two matches just last year, uh, Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston, like, jeez. Yeah, like, I have i don't think I've ever met him, but, like, I was just so happy for him to mm-hmm. see him make that kind of splash so quickly. And, like, I didn't know where, he, uh, like, you know, where he was from originally. Like, I didn't know he came out of Michigan. But, like, just seeing his work on Twitter, it's like, okay, like, this dude – this dude has like some polish to him. Like he's, he's, he's been around for a little bit or at least uh, adapted very quickly. Like this isn't his first stop. Like he's been somewhere else before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just see like how good he is. And then he, like the presence he has uh, and strikes. Oh my gosh, man. Like, <laughs> Oh man, they're, they're, they look like the business and um, to see him get those, those matches um, with AIW, like I, I got so excited, like, and again, never met the dude. I don't know if he knows I exist, but like, you know, just just happy, happy for him to like to see him come up and, and to see him get those big opportunities um, and to see, you know, AIW, um, you know, be be the ones to provide that. I think I mentioned it last year and it's oddly funny that I'm I'm holding one of his uh, bendems. But like, could you imagine what it would have been like if Ahmed Johnson would have won the WWF championship? Oh, man. Uh it would have been dope because um like he was supposed to be you know he's supposed to be michael jordan like he was supposed to be the wf's michael jordan like it's no yeah. accent that he's wearing all red and he has the ear piercing and he did like the tongue gimmick um bald head goatee right yeah the whole the whole look right he's supposed to be the wrestler version of michael jordan um oh, man like just the it doesn't have to have a long run but like just to see to see it happen would have been awesome mm-hmm. um he had like he definitely had uh charisma like you know it's almost sid-esque the charisma he had when he was <laughs> yes. dialed in before the injuries started taking their toll um yeah i you know don't know what he, what all he would have done with it and, and how good the actual run would have been but the moment um would have been really cool yeah i remember around that time i loved ahmed uh just the part of like his music i love the pearl river plunge uh he just had this intensity about him too. Mm-hmm. Like, was he the greatest wrestler ever? No, but at that time as a kid, like I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucked that those injuries happened and, and all that, but man, I look back at that time. If you would have told me that there was a possibility of him becoming champion, which I know he, he didn't like, I would have been so excited. Like, and I'm pretty, I, I have to be not the only one. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, wish he wish he would have got uh wish he would have got some of that boyhood dream. Um, you know, cut that a little bit short, but uh, you know, that's a little bit of my anti Sean bias coming in. <laughs> um but yeah, that, I mean that would that would have been the time, right? Like late mid, late ninety six. Um and then unfortunately the uh the kidney incident with Farouk and then, you know, after that the injuries just pile up, so there it's never the right time. But yeah, it would have been awesome. Going back real quick to uh the whole, you know, Brett Screwjob thing, like right around that era. You know what I would have really liked to have seen come out of the Screwjob because mm. of how hot the angle was going for a brief period of time. Imagine if they would have strapped up fucking Owen. Yeah, that's like because obviously, like the move is Austin at WrestleMania. Like we all know where that's going. Even in November '97, it's mm-hmm. very clear. And like, not that they should have changed paths. Um, but it's like, when do you put the title on Owen? You know, do you try to sneak a run in from Rumble to uh, February? Maybe. 
maybe that would have been the window and to have Sean and DX, you know, get the belt back. Um, but, you know, then you have Sean's alleged back injury at Royal Rumble. Um, so it's like when, when would have happened? But, yeah, he had so much, so much juice behind him um, attacking Sean at uh, the DX pay-per-view in December. Um, they definitely should have done something uh, with Owen. I kind of would have liked to have seen him become champion at Royal Rumble. Sean doesn't get it back. Like maybe you send him off a little early. Have it be Owen versus Austin at WrestleMania. I'm like, mm. I'm not sure about how those two felt about each other. You know, I've, I've heard Austin's side. Sadly, we'll never know Owen's side. I personally just think I'm mean, not knowing the dude, but like he doesn't seem to be the kind of person that didn't apologize on purpose or for any type of like batteries. And I think if he, right. he, it, it could have been a pride thing, it could have been a lot of things, or maybe, you know, felt too guilty. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's way more to that story than we know. Right. Yeah. Cause it, do, it doesn't seem in line with the character of Owen Hart uh, from anybody else's, you know, uh, retelling or recollections um, and uh, sharing of his memory. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. So like if those two would have been like, good to work together at that WrestleMania. Like it would have been obvious that Stone Cold was going to win. You wouldn't have the thing with Tyson, which fine, whatever, but you could have played into that storyline of like, you know, the last time we had a match, like I broke your neck, like I'll do it again at WrestleMania, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, Austin gets his revenge and he, he walks out over and he walked out champion the other time, but he also walked out with a broken neck. I don't know. I just, like if there would have been any time to strap Owen, it would it was right after that because I'll every so once in a while I'll go back and watch those that there that Blackheart promo when Vince mm-hmm. when Vince calls him out and like that was the Owen to get behind, yeah. And they I think because of the the route they were on, they didn't want to divert from it. Yep, yep. Almost uh, almost eerie how um <laughs> the the company seems to uh you know repeat their um decision making. Because uh, I feel like we're in a similar situation now where, you know, the clear and obvious choice is uh, old Sam Zayn to get behind. Uh, but, you know, the plan is the plan, except with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The plan's actually, you know, the greatest plan of all time. I'll, I'll say this about the Sami Zayn thing. I've, I've said it online, uh, at least on TikTok, that I kind of think Sami Zayn's moment's going to be WrestleMania 40. If they, okay. if they do it right, which that's that's a big if. The smart thing would be to put Sami Zayn in the tag title picture for a while, have him and and KO win it, because that would be so much fun to see like those two together. And I, if I'm going to compare it to anything, I'm going to compare it to Daniel Bryan. And when it took him two years from WrestleMania 28, losing it in you know so many seconds, 18 seconds, to rewinning the titles back at WrestleMania 30. And like the big thing that was in the middle was Team Hell No. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want it to see to be the kind of the same thing, but like if you keep Sammy occupied with like him and Kevin Owens, that could lash, that could buy you some time. And then somehow Sammy has to start going for the title. And I, I would like to see Roman be the champion at that point, whether he loses it at this WrestleMania or not. Obviously, I don't know, but I I look at it as look at the end of WrestleMania ten. Look at the end of WrestleMania 20 and look at the end of WrestleMania 30. Mm. Sami Zayn fits in that line of being WrestleMania 40. Yeah, sure does. I, 
I could see, I could see that. Like, you know, I, I still don't think, and it's not questioning the ability of a Sam Zane whatsoever. It's just like the perfect storm of like the timing, the fans being behind him, like, you know, best case scenario, he, he's like a nine and a half out of 10 come like next year. Whereas like this year it's, you know, it's a 20 out of 10. It's just off the charts. Um, it's one of those things where it's just like, you can't, you can't like manufacture that kind of, of timing and, and momentum that's behind him right now. Um, but you brought up the big dog of the world wrestling federation, Roman Reigns, um, my current favorite, uh, superstar. Um, I love the big dog. Um, I will be very sad if the big dog uh, does not leave this WrestleMania as WWE champion, um, especially with him beating Sammy um, at, uh, I still want to call it no way out, but at elimination chamber, I'm all in on him beating Bruno. Um, my theory is even if the bloodline stuff tapers off, even if he's just like having challenger of the, you know, challenger of the quarter um, I've sat through a lot worse. And I think even on a decline, whatever the bloodline ends up being, whatever Roman Reigns ends up being individually, it will still be worlds better than I think they will do once he's not champion. Yeah. So I'm all in on, and at this time, it's like in my lifetime, like what are the chances that somebody could even get to like half of Bruno's record? It's just, there's just too much television. There's too many pay-per-views. Um, there are attention spans, uh, demand for better. Um, and always demand new. Um, so like, that's always been like out of question. It's always been, you know, un- an unapproachable, unfathomable record to break, but we're sneaky, like almost at the halfway point. Um, you know, not too much longer to get there. And it's like, okay, we're, we're like shin deep. Um, let's just keep going in. Uh, what's Bruno's record again? <sighs> Was it eight years? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I think to get as get as far as we've got now is is huge. Like I, well, I was gonna say I didn't think CM Punk's record was ever gonna get beat, but I always felt like soon as everything happened with Punk, they were gonna find a way to erase that out of the history book, just like they did with the Divas title with AJ having I think the longest reign. Mm. So I knew I knew the Punk's record was gonna be harder to beat, but at this point, I mean it's it's been beat it's kind of overshadowed uh getting the eight years just keep going baby just keep going um almost getting close to a thousand days he's got uh i think bruno is like 2800 and something days so um, i don't know we'll probably never get there but i would love to just see uh another year of roman as champ 40 i always pinpointed 40 as the time he should lose the title like if he's not going to go all the way I always thought 40 is where, where you should end it. Yeah. That, and that would be the monumental place to have like Sammy beat him. Yeah. And I think and it's going to be in Philly. Like, you know, that, <laughs> cloud, that crowd's going to be lit. Oh yeah. I think that's the other part of it that I fail to remind people just like as great as it would have been in Montreal, let it be WrestleMania in Philly. No, WrestleMania gritty baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, there's also the fact of, he could just win money in the bank. Yeah. I hope that's not something to rely on. I'd, I'd love to see him like win the rumble. Yeah. I think the thing that I've, I've said with wrestling that I would love to see WWE do, but I don't think they have the balls fake an injury on somebody 
Like somebody you want to like, you want to put in a good position, fake an injury to have them out a number of months, just so you know they're going to be fresh and then bring them back at Royal Rumble. Mm. Like imagine this, like let's say come SummerSlam, uh, Sammy's fine, but he gets quote injured. Keep him out till uh, Royal Rumble, have him come back. I hate saying 30, but 30 is that spot. That place would go fucking nuts. And then he wins. Oh, that's a, that's a story. Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. But we got to get through this WrestleMania and uh, make sure the big dog stays champ. Ooh, ah. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go, let's get into the Fave 5 questions. Hey, this oh, is Five Time Champ, and this is the Fave 5 questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, uh, we've we've kind of tapped on it. Uh, best physical portrayal of the Joker. Ooh, uh, gotta go Heath Ledger. Okay, it's kind of like kind of wondering if you would have gone Jack Nicholson because you said very close, very close. They're they're both so good, and I, I I word it to physical portrayal just because so many people would just be like, oh, Mark Hamill. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's the voice, but like, he's he hasn't had to get in the makeup and everything like mm-hmm. uh, someone doing a movie. And I think I've had someone say like, oh, well, he's done appearances. I'm like, no, that that's okay. He he showed up on stage at Comic Con in the makeup. Great. He didn't spend like a month, if not longer, or however long, like getting that makeup every day and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like, I want somebody who like had to go through it like a multiple times, just like on the same level. Like, what's granted? Mark Hamill, voice Joker, great. But Heath Ledger, for me, he blurred the line of being Heath Ledger and being just the Joker. Yeah. Yep. All right. Question number two. Uh, Let's go with favorite video game console of all time. Ooh. um, Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Probably Nintendo 64. Um, and I, that is like a hundred percent, just like nostalgia. Um, you know, after, after N64, I became like strictly PlayStation. So like PS2 all the way up to PS5 now, but N64, um, will always have my heart. So many people love that system and I'm just not a fan. Like I don't necessarily hate it, but I think it's because like my favorite system of all time is the super Nintendo Mm. and like I hated the controller of uh, the N64, especially with like how nice the Superintendent controller is. And uh, some of those like early 3D games are just, I don't know, just, just, just wasn't a fan. Yeah. See, I skipped, I, uh, I didn't grow up with Nintendo. I grew up with uh, Sega Genesis. That was my first system. And then I went from Genesis to N64. Uh-huh. So I missed out on like the Nintendo, Super Nintendo um, part of the nostalgia. Sega Genesis, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I, I it was good for uh, Raw Rumble and WF Raw, and uh, I think I had like a a, a Namco game uh, that had like Pac Man and all the other games on there. That was that's pretty much it. I had Raw, I had Royal Rumble. Uh, I think Royal Rumble was the first wrestling game I ever ever got. But whenever I think of like Sega, like which granted, like no knock on Sonic, like. Those those games still hold up. The game that I remember thinking I was gonna love, but every time I've tried to play it, I'm like, oh my god, this game sucks. Echo the Dolphin. Hmm. Like I've I've tried, but that game sucks. 
Yeah. Um, the game I always tried playing and was disappointed with was always um, the Batman game. I think it, like, I just was too young to like fully figure it out. Um, was, was it, and the Animaniacs game always got stuck on some level. But the Was it Batman Returns? I think so. Like I know I've played that for Super Nintendo and like that there's a there, I think even too there's a Batman Forever game. So you're talking like right at the end of the lifespan of the Super Nintendo? Yeah, it's it's another like weird game. Just ugh. though there's a I had for Game Boy, the Batman Game Boy game for the first movie. It's a pretty fun game. And I think I've never played the Nintendo version, but I heard like that's a good one too. Okay. I uh only game I ever had for um Game Boy was uh WF Superstars two. I think that was it. And it had like the steel cage match and it had uh like Sid and Undertaker. So just like take turns being Sid or Undertaker and just running through the whole whole roster, beating up the man beating up the Mountie. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. <laughs> the Mountie? <laughs> it's a inside joke that me and uh, a friend have. Uh, like he's from Montreal actually came, oh, okay. it actually came from like an old podcast that we were on and when I met Jacques Rougeau I told him that he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time and he got a kick out of me saying it <laughs> like I mean he didn't fucking believe it like Jimmy Hart was next to him he's like this guy just called me the greatest intercontinental champion of all time and he's fucking laughing while he was saying it like that was great oh, what a what a ham that guy is um yeah I've heard, heard heard bad things, but on the surface, I mean, the Mounties, classic character. Uh, you might be biased with this, but I I, I could be wrong. Sheets or Wawa? Ooh, um, I've been converted to Sheets, uh, but Wawa, I still like every time I go in, I'm hoping for an experience of like bygone years. So uh, another situation where like my my heart. Uh, Wawa has my heart, but like in all practicality, it's, it's sheets. Um, I just think there's a better variety. Um, and I think their bathrooms are better. I'm trying to remember if I've ever gone to the bathroom at a Wawa. I feel like I haven't. Yeah. It's like 10 out of 10, a bad time every time. Whereas like a sheets, it's like a, it's like a 60, 40 split. It used, they used to have excellent bathrooms at sheets. It was like, there was no doubt. Your hiney was going to be clean. There was nothing to worry about at Sheets, but that's changed. And, uh, you know, I guess standards have dipped a little bit. But, um, yeah, I go with Sheets, man. Sheets, uh, yeah. More drinks, more uh, better snack selection. I think they got better food selection. Um, so, yeah, give me Sheets. Main thing I, I like about Wawa, and it's, like, the only thing that I think it's better than with, when it comes to uh, comparing it to Sheets, I do love the cookies and cream milk. See, I'm not a milk drinker. I'm not a milk drinker. I'm not a um, coffee drinker either. I think if if I was those two things, then uh, Wawa would probably be my number one. But yeah, neither for me. Well, there's a few questions here that I don't have to ask you. (laughs) Uh, Question number four. Uh, Wings, bone in or out? Bone out, man. Uh, Give me less work. Just give me straight up meat. Um, Clip that and use that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just, uh, just, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, don't want to eat around the bone. Um, I just, I don't know. Uh, give me, yeah, just give me the bone. I know adult chicken nuggets, whatever. I don't know. They're good. And I like them. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I forget who said it here on the show, but they brought up a really good point that, um, you can't call 
a boneless wing a wing because wings are dark meat. <sighs> Semantics. I like what I like. Give me the boneless <laughs> wing. Uh, what's your favorite wing sauce? Uh, honey barbecue. That's a good one. I'm currently a, a huge fan of Wingstop. Like, I actually, like, I think within a past year, I've actually switched what my favorite wings were. I used to say barbecue wings from Quaker Steak, which, I mean, I still love their barbecue sauce, but, like, the wings themselves, I don't know. I don't know if they've changed or just my preferences kind of, like, have have shifted because I went to one back in, like, June, and, like, I don't know, the wings were okay, but, like, it just, it didn't hit the same spot, but then I got some Wingstop the next weekend, and, like, that was it. I'm like, this is, this is, this is my kind of wing now. And like, they're, they're Hawaiian. Oh, it's so good. Hmm. I'll have to give them a shot. All right. Question number five, bacon or sausage? Oh, a bit cannibalistic here, but give me bacon. Um, There is, I don't know. There is, I think I'm too precise with how I like uh, the sausage to be. Um, so I feel like there's a little bit more room for error with bacon. Like even if it's undercooked or overcooked or whatever, I can still like find parts of bacon that I'm like, okay, this is, this is doable. Um, so yeah, but like sausage, if the whole thing is not cooked how I like it, then it's like, I I can't have any of it or I don't want any of it. So give me the bacon, man. Uh, you know, eating, eating my cousins, but is what it is. What's your, what's your sausage preference? Like how does it have to be? I like I like like the breakfast uh, sausage links, the the little ones, not not the the big uh, girthy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give me give me the 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 little the little sausage gimmicks. Um, and um, I really like them on like a bagel to like make a little sandwich. Um, but they're also good with like waffles. Um, but yeah, if I'm having sausage, I kind of need like some kind of uh, carb right next to it to kind of just like soak up the the sausage grease that's going to sit in my belly. So I don't feel that way with bacon. Do you have a preference with the bacon of of whether it's crispy or not? Uh, I like it uh, medium. Uh, I don't want it. I definitely don't want it too chewy, uh, too fatty, uh, but I don't want to like crumble when I take a bite either. So probably somewhere right in the middle. All right. And question number six that I tailor around my guest, who the hell is going to book gummy boar versus the production? Well, uh, I've got an opportunity coming up that um, oh, hasn't been announced yet as of recording, um, but should be announced here uh, during the week by the time this comes out. Um, but I'm going to be making my debut in Enjoy Wrestling um, alongside Erica Lee uh, and a tag team partner. And we're going to have a uh, Go Fashion Trios match. Um so now that we are in enjoy, uh, and if uh, if I get the nod to come back, I'm hoping that that match with the production takes place um, because it's money on the table. Um, man, I, uh, yeah, want it to happen. Really want it to happen. Uh, I love what uh, Derek and Ziggy do. Um, absolutely love the chemistry that they have and uh, how they play off each other, um, how they complement each other. Um, but, you know, I say the same for uh, me and Erica, the big gal. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be a money match. Uh, I think it's something we could we could definitely uh, run across a few different territories uh, and make some money. And that's the main thing, man, is just like, look, 
bring Gummy Boar in and let us make money for your town. Yeah. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be your most over baby faces by the end of the night. Uh, the merch sales will, will reflect that a hundred percent. But we also put butts in seats, man. So uh, yeah, book. Somebody needs to go ahead and book the match, and I'm hoping it's enjoy. I hope they get the first crack at it. Can the ring hold Ziggy and Erica at the same time? Like that's a lot of force right there. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of force. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a lot of personality. It's a lot of uh, a lot of talent. A lot of um, a lot of uh, superstar aura in the ring at one time. Um, but yeah, I'd love to love to see them go at it, and then uh, you know get to go at it with uh, with Derek um, and Ziggy too. Uh, let me, let me get a piece of Ziggy. Um, you know, she's uh she's got a few tricks up her sleeve uh that i will uh not fall for so <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah let's just uh let's 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 do it let's run it let's uh let's get the boar uh a shot at the intense title while we're at it Whew, um intense champ that's uh is, is that is that derek yep or is that okay yeah yeah let me come in let me come in and uh you know work derek and uh you know see what we can do i i, I got a rule no sharps no sharps. Uh, I got to get, you know, I got a real job on Monday. I got to go to uh, no, no sharps for me, brother. Um, but you want plunder? I'm down for some plunder. I can do, I can do some plundering. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's get the tag match in the ring first and, uh, and go from there. All right, man. Uh, yeah, that, that wraps everything up. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, just uh, March 4th for Enjoy, as I mentioned. Also March 18th uh, down at Hampton High in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, I'm taking on Logan Easton LaRue for the VCW Heavyweight Championship. Um, that's a that's a big-time match. Um, and we are doing great numbers uh, on the pre-sale, if I do say so myself. Uh, toot, toot. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got coming up uh, immediately in the next couple of weeks, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at or is war. Um, and you can also, uh, just keep supporting this podcast. Um, I like to give a shout out to, uh, the soon to be named network as well. Uh, and all the podcasts over there. Um, and I think that does it for me. Uh, and of course you can find myself at J summers three, three zero on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and hive. Much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And like I said earlier in this show, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. And all of those links can be found through the link tree link in the podcast notes. Check out our podcast friends, such as Super Fantastic Podcast, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, GameWorks Podcast, Power Bob Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds With Wrestling, Marks with Mike's Juggalo Rewind X over this ends at prom and porch talk and check out our other non-podcasting friends such as the mystery men, Redline radio mouses, wrestling adventures, VHS party tonight on Instagram, danger zone video in Juliet, Tennessee, heart of gold, 
Toy Hayo Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And someone please book Gummy Boar versus the production. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max, signing off Ohio, Good night. the world, Good night. We love you, we'll see you next week